A quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Jason Barnard. And I've never sang that to myself before. Now, obviously, this is the Brand Serp show, and I'm going to analyze our own Brand Serp. Here is CaddyCube. We've got those great site links at the top of the page. CaddyCube.com, the company website, ranks number one. We've spent a long time getting that to happen. CaliCube Pro, the SaaS platform, ranks second. And we've got a beautiful knowledge panel with lots and lots of images. Now, that makes me think that perhaps we've gone overboard with the images. We're a company, and generally speaking, Google will only put the logo. Here we've got lots of different images. That means that our image optimization is very, very good. That's great, but we need to standardize the image more. Next, we've got the um, entity home, calicube.com. That's been changing over the last few months uh, between the different sites we've got. That's shown us that there is a problem if you have multiple sites for a company in terms of identifying which is the entity home. Right now, Google's got it right, and we believe we've absolutely nailed how to do that. And we've got the four social media profiles. It's taken about a year to get those up there. It just means being well organized with your social media profiles and on your entity home. Next, I thought I would take a look at this, which is a knowledge panel sprout. So we actually have duplicated the CaliCube knowledge panel, which would explain why it's been slightly slow in building the entire knowledge panel or the big knowledge panel for ourselves. This one is CaliCube SaaS. We could claim it, but we would have to go through the whole process of the form that we need to fill in to send to Google. We're going to try to merge the CaliCube SaaS knowledge panel with the CaliCube knowledge panel that currently exists on our brand SERP. So that is CaliCube's brand SERP, CaliCube's knowledge panel. And it's rare that I get to talk about that either, because generally speaking, I'm talking about the guests knowledge panel and brand SERP. Now back to the SEO Mastery Summit in Saigon. I'm going to start really quickly with Olesia. Olesia Kropka, who did a geeky SEO talk for people who aren't necessarily very geeky, they were thrilled and interested. She talked a great deal about semantic HTML5, especially in the context of the text itself, quotes, citations, and pull quotes, which I found incredibly interesting. We're going to now apply that into the CaliCube writing process. She also talked to me personally about a knowledge panel that you deserve. And I'd never thought about that. If I'm talking to somebody, a company or a person about getting a knowledge panel, not only do they need a knowledge panel, in my opinion, but when you say get the knowledge panel you deserve, that's a very powerful message, both for companies and for people. So thank you, Alessia. I think you just improved our sales by 50% with one very simple phrase, get the knowledge panel you deserve. She also talked to me about taking control away from Google. The data is yours. Information about you is yours. Google controls it because you're not paying attention. But by building a knowledge panel, you take control of that data and you take it away from Google, ironically, using Google's data itself. So with CaliCube Pro, we pull that data in and then we wrest control of our data, the information about ourselves, from Google, using Google, and I love the irony of that. Thank you, Elisa. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. 
Next, Mad Singers. He was talking about running a team, delegating, how to reach success by delegating the responsibilities within your company. Now, he came on the show a few months ago and we talked a great deal about the fact that I was giving processes and tasks. Now that works to a certain extent, but actually delegating the responsibility and giving a role to somebody is incredibly powerful. And that's what we've been doing at CaliCube since I talked to Mads, in fact. So we now have CaliCube Babies. And a CaliCube Baby is a project within CaliCube that one individual person is responsible for. And that person is responsible for nurturing the baby, running with the baby without dropping the baby. And it's been working incredibly well. We have Maria, who runs the podcast Baby. Uh, Marianne, who runs the Client Satisfaction Baby, Katrina, who runs the Courses and Marketing Funnel Baby, Joanne, who runs the Social Media Baby, and Elisa, who runs the CaliCube Pro Baby, and Jean-Marie, who runs the Content on the Websites Baby. And this is delightful, and it's really brought the team to both together, but also individually doing much, much, much better work. And from that perspective, as Mad said, I can give people a process to work on, but then encourage them to improve the process, make it better than I ever would have done. And as he rightly says, when you delegate the task initially, it tends to be done less well than you would do it yourself. And it's very tempting to come in and say, well, I'll just do it myself, or I will constantly correct people. But in fact, if you let go, give people that responsibility, show them that trust, then they will come back and they will end up doing the job better than you would have done it yourself. And that is where the company starts to grow. I absolutely love Mad Singers and his approach to managing teams and delegation. I've learned a lot from him. And once again, at this conference in Saigon, I learned absolutely loads. Next, a quick word about Robert. I think it's Nishishel. I'm not really sure. Uh, he has a talk, and I won't read the title because it's terribly, terribly, terribly rude. Uh, but he talked a great deal about AI, and the fact that when we push garbage in, garbage out, which is what Andrea Volpini keeps telling me, we're always going to have a problem if the data we push into the AI is not clean, is not perfect, because what AI will then push out is garbage. And the problem we're going to have over the years is that the garbage scenario will um, worsen exponentially if we continue to push garbage in. So cleaning the data is incredibly important. He also made the point that we're, we're all talking about ChatGPT, we're all talking about MUM, we're talking about these hugely, hugely powerful AI programs or machine learning programs, and we don't think about the cost. Now, the cost to Google is fundamental. I've been talking about this for years. Think about how much you're costing Google. Google is a commercial company. If you cost Google money, then Google is unlikely to give you a huge boost in rankings. If it costs Google more money to retrieve your content, more money to index your content, more money to present your content to its users as the solution to their problem, then it isn't going to rank you. Because if your competitor is making retrieval cheaper, making analysis cheaper, it's going to want to rank them because it wants to save money to increase its profit margins. Seems very simple, but thinking about the cost to Google 
is incredibly powerful when you're working on your SEO. He also talked about the idea or the fact that GPUs and TPUs are in huge shortage right now. This is 2023. Due to China's position in the world, the Ukraine war, um, and the general downturn in uh, the world economy, GPUs and TPUs are in short supply. They're becoming very expensive. And that means it's increasingly expensive right now for Google to apply the technologies it has. So even though they're talking about the technologies, even though we know they have the technologies, are they applying it at scale? The answer is probably not. He gave some numbers in terms of the cost to reanalyze for BARD and in Bing's case, ChatGPT, the cost of reanalyzing their entire data set. And it runs into billions of dollars. Obviously, from their perspective, they're not going to be rerunning the data set to retrain the machine every few weeks at that kind of cost. So we need to be pragmatic and understand Google's perspective and realize that this technology, although it exists and is used, is not used at scale right now. He talked about the idea that with quantum processing units, we will potentially see that come into play, but quantum processing units are not yet something that they can use at scale. His time frame for this was five years. So we're looking at 2028 before these technologies are fully employed by Google. So there is still some time to work on our techniques in order to leverage these technologies to our advantage. Five years, perhaps three years. And from CaliCube's perspective, we're saying, let's work on the entities. Let's work on the cornerstone entities. I heard the term entity stacking, which simply means what CaliCube Pro does, which is take the entity and stack up those corroborations around the web. Now, if we do that today, that will take about a year to solidify, to, to nail that entity in Google's knowledge graph, at which point, with that three to five year time frame that we have, according to our friend Robert, we're going to be able to start building our strategy to dominate our niche. And what we're saying at CaliCube is year one, own your brand SERP. Years two and three, from that understanding that Google has that you've built by building your brand SERP correctly, you can then start to try to dominate your niche by expanding the topicality from that brand SERP outwards. So own your brand SERP year one, build up domination of your niches two and three. And by the time these quantum processing units come into play and these technologies are applied at massive scale, you're ready and you're willing and you're able to rank right at the top of Google across your entire niche and dominate the competition. Now, talking about um, the cost to Google, Corey Gbur, who spoke right at the end, was absolutely brilliant, was talking about the cost to Google as well. Now, he talks about topical authority, and I absolutely love his work. Topical authority, as the name suggests, is being the authority within your niche topic. Hugely important to SEO, hugely important to the future, and Corey is absolutely leading the field here. And he was talking a great deal about the fact that you need to focus on semantics. We love schema markup. We work with WordLift on schema markup. 
schema markup's important, but it is simply the reiteration of the information that is already on your website and your web pages. As such, it's supporting evidence. It isn't the evidence itself. And what Correa is arguing is that for topical authority, you need micro and macro semantics, which is what Google is going to analyze and understand. So I didn't really understand what macro and micro semantics were. Correa explained it very simply. Macro semantics is the structure of the site and the topics of the pages. Microsemantics is all of the headings within that page, which is what I'd already been working on with CaliCube, thanks to Karai, but it goes further. It's actually how you phrase things, the order of words and ideas and entities within your phrases, the way you build your bullet lists, the adjectives you use, the stop words that you've got in there, the words that actually bring additional value to the text you're talking about, and also, I found very, very interesting being specific, not saying there are many reasons for blah, 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 but saying there are five reasons for blah, 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 blah. If you are an expert, you should know how many there are. I love that point, and it makes so much sense. He also talked about using data. And something we have at CaliCube is masses and masses and masses of data about brand SERPs and knowledge panels. 40% of companies have got knowledge panels, for example, and we don't cite it in our articles. So we now need to go through our articles, find what data would be useful and supportive within that article that will not only inform our audience, but also convince Google of our experience and expertise within our niche, which is brand SERPs, what your audience sees when they Google your brand name, and knowledge panels, the panel on the right that contains information about your brand. And really quickly, before I forget, let's just show the sponsors for this week. Uh, we're While well, you're watching, sorry, CaddyCube Tuesdays, amazing guests like this, who are also on Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard, which is simply uh, a repackaging, a repurposing of CaddyCube Tuesdays. Every week, this is produced in partnership with WordLift for an amazing artificial intelligence tool you need to build your traffic. And here is Corey writing a 25,000-word article about CaliCube Pro. If you're interested as an agency in working with CaliCube Pro to help your, your clients build their brand SERPs and manage their knowledge panels, please do get in contact. It's an amazing platform with Elisa at the head of the CaliCube Pro team who can help you as an agency help your clients with their brand narrative on Google. Onwards with Corey, what I realized when he talked about his 200 rules for writing micro-semantically, if I may say that, for Google, is that we're going to need to relearn to write. Now, we need to relearn to write in the sense that there is a specific way that we need to address the machine so that it can understand that Google's algorithms can easily digest what it is we're trying to explain. Lots of tiny details, 200 rules. And what I love about that is Corey has 200 rules that he can apply every time for his writing because he has them deeply, deeply uh, embedded in his brain. And he says more than 40 of these rules are very difficult for any individual human to 
apply at any one time if you're trying to learn them off the bat. So at CaliCube, we're going to try to learn them, we're going to try to apply them, and we're going to try to apply at least 40 at a time. Maybe we can hit 50. Elisa has accepted that challenge, and that's going to be a lot of fun to, for us to try to do in 2023. I'm absolutely sure we'll never be able to apply all 200 rules that Corey has at one time when we're actually writing our articles. Um, the other really interesting thing that we that I, I heard from Corey was about changing the connections in Google's understanding. Now, if you look at the knowledge graph as a massive, massive Wikipedia, what Corey is saying is that we can change the linking between these different Wikipedia articles in Google's brain. Oh, and remember that Wikipedia is 50 million articles. Google is 1,500 billion facts, at least, probably now 2,000 billion facts. So the scale is massive. But if you look at the relationships between the entities, think of them as links within Wikipedia, you can actually educate Google to change those relationships, change those links by writing semantically and potentially with some schema markup. That provides CaliCube with immense power in the sense that essentially what we're doing is building a page in Google's Wikipedia in its brain and then adding the links to other related entities. And we can potentially remove links and add other links. That is going to be an incredibly interesting process that we're going to be able to master at CaliCube over the coming years. Thank you, Karay, for that amazing insight. That's really made me think. It was an hour-long talk. I was stunned, thrilled, and absolutely captivated by everything Karay was talking about. And I'm greatly looking forward to working on his techniques in the coming years. Next, we have Charles Float. And this is the final talk that I'm going to be um, discussing today. He was talking about link building. Now, Corey said, very importantly, he's talking about topical authority. Talking about topical authority does not mean he is against link building. He agrees with link building. Link building can be helpful. Link building can be important. And I agree with that. There is a tendency in the industry, the SEO industry at least, to believe that Korea and myself are against link building. That isn't the case. Um, link, links remain important. Actively trying to get links remains important as part of your digital strategy. All we are saying is it isn't the primary thing that you need to be looking at. In Korea's case, it's microsemantics and macrosemantics. In our case, it's entity understanding for Google's knowledge graph, Google's internal Wikipedia. We could call it the machine-readable Wikipedia. And that can include link building. And um, Charles Float was also talking about this and the idea of link building and the foundational, I think he called it foundational link building, which is, he was saying, before starting your link building strategy, Make sure you've got the foundational link building done. Now, the foundational link building is what? It's links from and to your social media profiles. It's Crunchbase. It's Wikidata. It's the industry profiles. It's uh, ZoomInfo. It's Clutch. All of these basic fundamental profiles that should already be there linking to your website. And many, many people, according to Charles Float, fail 
to actually get to grips with the fundamentals of their link building, that foundation, before they start their link building strategy. And once again, CaddyCube does exactly this. We clean up your digital ecosystem. We find all of these profiles, all these pages, make sure they're linking correctly to your website. So one thing CaddyCube does is link building, which is ironic, given that many people think I'm against link building, not the case. But then we go further and we can nail down your industry using our system of entity equivalents. Please look up entity equivalents on Google if you're interested to know more about that. Basically, entities of the same type, the same geo region, the same industry, you could say your competition. And we can analyze that industry by injecting 200 of your competitors, the entity equivalents, into CaliCube Pro, and we can then template which links, which profiles, uh, which platforms are important for your industry, geo, entity type. At which point, not only can you do the foundational, fu uh, fundamental link building that Charles Float talks about, you can build a layer on top of that, which is very easy because they're easy targets, because they are relevant to your industry and are already linking within your industry. And thirdly, you can then go out and do your link building strategy as you traditionally would. Now, talking about the link building strategy, I found it interesting that he also talked about cost. And if you remember that we are all in business, whether it's Google or yourself or even your competitors, we're in business, which means keeping costs down is always vital. And from a link building perspective, people pay for links. And they say, well, I pay $500 for this link because I paid the agency $500 for this link. And they fail to realize or remember or bear in mind that they also paid the people within their company who were working on it. They added resources from their company to work on it. So that $500 link probably cost you $1,000 if you take into account the time and effort you put in as your company, the resources you invested there. I found in businesses in general that I've worked with over the years, there is a failure to recognize that internal costs for achieving a goal with an external partner should be included in the costing of that action and that strategy. I thought Charles made a great point about that. Um, he also pointed out that everyone in the industry is using the same list. So if you go to a link builder, and you say, please, can I have some links? They will probably be using the same database, the same list of websites to build the links that everybody else is using, not only your competitors, but their competitors. So they're all working from this closed set of websites who have managed to get into the system of selling links. And with CaliCube, once again, come back to how this applies to CaliCube, we are working outside of that we're coming up with links that other people haven't thought of. Because when we template an industry, we will find all of the links that other people are getting within your industry that aren't necessarily part of this, uh, what, what would you call it, environment of sites that sell links, therefore giving you an advantage. And I thought as he was talking, like Muhammad Ali said, you're floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee. I don't know if it really makes sense, but it made me smile as he was talking. And the last thing, really important, and this is where I'll end my uh, debrief of the SEO Mastery Summit, is that he was talking about link building as essentially a PR and branding strategy. That makes sense to me. 
So if I look at CaliCube and I say to you, CaliCube is all about PR and branding. And we do link building, and that's simply part of our PR and branding. Because the PR and the branding is also how do you look on Google? How do you look on other platforms? Is your audience seeing a consistent message across the web so that when they actually come to your brand set and eventually to your website, they see the same message they've been seeing online across their entire experience with you up until that moment. So PR and branding includes link building. Link building is not the leading thing in SEO or digital marketing. It is one tool and relatively small tool, in my opinion, across your entire digital strategy that deserves resources, it deserves effort, but it doesn't deserve your entire attention and it isn't the solution to all of your problems. Now that was my debrief of the SEO Mastery Summit. I really enjoyed it. I flew all the way from the south of France. I played a gig on the Thursday evening, flew to Vietnam on the Friday, incredibly tired, Stayed in Vietnam, absolutely lo lovely place, delightful, delightful people, lovely food, great welcome. And then the SEO Mastery Summit with Mad Singers, absolutely amazing guy. Spent a lot of time with Kare Gubur. He was amazing. He taught me so much. We had a really lovely time. Uh, his talk at the end absolutely blew my mind. Spent a lot of time with Alicia. Uh, delightful as well. Blew my mind with her. Get the knowledge panel you deserve, and I'll be using that in every sales pitch from now on. Met some lovely people. I'm now in the Philippines. We're going to hang out with the, my Philippine team on the beach in Cebu. We're going to have a CaliCube team beach party, and I'm immensely looking forward to that. And thank you for listening. I think that was a nice debrief of what I took away from the SEO Mastery Summit in Saigon. Thank you so much, Mad Singers. And I'm going to pass the bat on. I've never done this on my own before, so I'm going to do both sides. Next week, Lorraine Ball, content-based SEO, a smarter way to build your brand. That's going to be absolutely awesome. Lorraine is delightful, and she's full of smart but simple ideas. And now passing the bat on, I move across to this side. I'm passing the bat on Jason Barnard to Lorraine Ball, and I've got it the wrong way around. And I'm struggling now to pass the baton. It's that way. There you go. Passing the baton to Lorraine. Looking forward to that next week. Please do join us. It will be absolutely awesome. And we'll see you next week for another CaliCube Tuesdays and Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Jason. CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.